Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Hello there and welcome in. A beautiful day in the neighborhood, Brian Hanley. Won't you be my neighbor? Yeah, or neighbors. It's uh, Xander and Hanley here on ESPN 1000. Looking for you to jump in. 312-332-3776. Sox fans for at least a day. We're happy. Or are we? We'll discuss. Cubs in uh, Los Angeles. Nice start for Stroman. Didn't quite work out. Boy, that guy that wears number 22 for the Dodgers, he's pretty special. Yeah, uh, a lot of old school uh, pitching yesterday, right? Your guy, yes, Johnny Cueto. You're right, right, yeah. Johnny Cueto, almost complete game, goes eight, scoreless. Boy, did they need that. No Joe Kelly. That was, you know, that's right there, I thought, this is a really good day. You, you got the Gavin Sheets home run on 3-0. and You got a nice, healthy uh, And Antonio didn't yell at him. Oh, no, wait, that was last no, year in your no. mind. Never mind. You've got eight runs, and everyone's laughing and enjoying the day, and no Joe Kelly. Did I say that? And, um, yeah, it's Johnny worth Cueto. repeating. It's worth repeating, Brian. Johnny Cueto, at the tender young age of 36, yeah. he of the minor league contract to start the year, didn't even start the year. He of the uh, guy that doesn't dominate speed-wise. It's no. so old school to watch him work. Yep. Just, he's got a lot. Location, I mean, variance in in delivery. I yeah, You know, there's a lot to learn from that man. I remember... Um, maybe two months ago. Uh, it all blends together when you're my age, uh, Mark. Um, we had a caller who was irate that Carlos Rodon and his $20 million a year contract is sitting in San Francisco. Yes, yes. And Johnny Cueto is sitting here making $4.2 million with the White Sox. And his point was the Sox were too cheap to pony up for Carlos Rodon. And I think that's a two-year deal out with the Giants. By the way, Carlos Rodon yesterday? Yeah. Complete game. I mean, you want old school? Pretty, he, yeah, pretty, pretty impressive. And yeah. I know, and I know that here in town, where he's been for a lot of years, we worried about how he would last throughout a season. Yeah. Hey, so far so good. First half, he's, it, it, it's he, been uh, great. But you know, Reinsdorf wasn't going to pay that bill. No, and, and you know, it's only two years out there, but it is you know a lot of money. Um, but. Johnny Cueto is equate, uh, has really acquitted himself quite well for the money they have invested. And boy, do they need that with the bullpen, you know, being the, what it has been this week. Yep. So it, the timing couldn't have been better. But um, Carlos Rodon is probably an all-star this year, right? So mm-hmm. everyone should be happy. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's. I know we texted yesterday during the game. And I said, because yesterday I was like, okay, if the Sox are sellers, who are you selling, really? I mean, what, you know. You're not getting rid of Andrew Vaughn. Yohan Mankata is not a guy worth, you know, no one wants him because of the money and inconsistency. And I texted you, texted me about Jack Quinn. I'm like, that's the guy you could sell. I mean, not going to get much because he's on a one year deal. He's a rental player and he's older and, and, you know, he comes cheap, but you could get something for him. I mean, certainly the way he's pitched this year. On the numbers are terrific. Well, and and your timing was poor, Brian, because we just had we just had an eight zip win, yeah. on which we're all happy. Let's let's just uh, let's just tame this down. Let's take it one day at a time, the way they do. And and I look forward to talking to Jesse. We'll talk to him at ten thirty because he's writing about your socks. When I texted him this morning, he said, "I'm writing about." He said, "My socks," and I said, "No, no, 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 not my socks. Your socks." Um, so we'll ask him what he's writing about. Yeah, right. And and the question that I have for him that I actually tweeted about yesterday during the game, the game wasn't even over. 
But I thought, what is really the difference between today and yesterday? Beyond the pitcher, which, you know, was the pitcher that much better yesterday or, yeah, yesterday that just baffled the White Sox? Uh, you know, obviously it was a, a, not yesterday, day before. Uh, talking about uh, tweeting this yesterday. Was he that much better? What is going on? And, and yesterday we fielded some calls here on ESPN 1000 about how a lot of people feel like we've been duped. This team doesn't have talent. You don't have talent one day and then it's gone the next. The team does have talent. How do they make it appear consistently? That is the real problem. And I look forward to getting Jesse's view on this because what a difference a day makes or two days. Well, I mean, if you buy into the adage, you know, momentum is the next day's starting pitcher, Johnny Cueto was there for you. Now, that doesn't always translate. No, it doesn't, it, it, especially for the White Sox this year. Well, or the Tigers. I right. mean, the Tigers rolled out a guy to start the series with a 5 ERA, and he looked like Cy Young. I mean, you know, that, that probably speaks more to the White Sox inconsistency. Yes, it does. Inconsistency. Mike, Mark Gonzalez in the uh, Sun-Times had an interesting uh, fan graphs statistic. Um, today, that the White Sox lead the American League in swinging at pitches outside the strike zone. Big surprise. Healthy, Not healthy. Really. I mean, that explains a lot, right? Yes, I mean, it does. 39.5% rate of swinging at pitches outside the strike zone. So, like the other day when Tony went out there and half-heartedly got tossed because, you know, halfway to the to the uh, plate to argue a ball that was a ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he was trying to fire up the team. But if you're going to fire up the team, you, you have to do Lou Pinella. You can't do the, the senior shuffle out there and, and do it half <laughs> Well, wait a minute. That's the only dance the man has now. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, so if you're swinging almost 40% outside the strike zone, pitch up, no umpire, good or bad, and they're a lot bad, I get it. He's going to save you. They're not going to give you the benefit, right? right? If, if you're a team that likes to chase – they're not going to give you the borderline call. And the one he got thrown out on wasn't even borderline. I mean, I, I you know, whatever. But, that I mean, that has got to get cleaned up yep. uh, in, in a quick hurry. And I don't know if that's possible to do it. But you did see some discipline. Uh, see, that may be the difference. That may yeah. be the difference from day to day. And that's what yeah. I want to dig in with uh, Jesse Rogers on. Because it, 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 it will drive you nuts when you see what happened yesterday and the two previous days. The difference is discipline. The talent is there. And I know we've heard from people say, well, maybe this team isn't that talented. Not nah, the talent is there. I, how much? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know World Series talent, but certainly division winning or, or right. at least a wild card team talent is there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and again, what a difference a day makes. And And if we're going by patterns... Today's going to be a disappointment. Now, I don't want to think about that. Well, but we going by patterns, every time yeah. we have a game like this, the next day is a bit of a letdown. And we have Michael Kopech on the mound, which yeah. last last outing, no bueno. No bueno. Did you see who um, who's leading off today? And that's what I want to talk about, too. <laughs> 312-332-3776. Now, oh. now, okay, a couple different things happening here, right? Uh-huh. The leadoff... Uh, yeah, lead, lead off. It, it doesn't make any sense. They're giving T.A. the day off. Uh, because why? Tony said, he said yesterday, we have to give him a break before the All-Star break. Now, how, how old is T.A.? No, we don't. And see, I, this I, is I, this is soft Tony. And, 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 there's more, and there's more to dive into on uh, the soft Tony thing. But 
we, we've got, and I want to ask this, and I, I know I won't get serious uh, answers, but, you know, is this about giving T.A. the day off, or is this about showing love to Laurier, Laori? You oh, know, boy. hashtag yeah. bromance. Yeah, I mean, because he pinched Tony loves the Laori. Yeah, yeah you got to find a way to find a, you know, you've got to find a hole for him. You've got to make amends because you pinched hit the other day for yeah. him. And Lori looked like, well, Tony, uh, what does this mean? We're no How, longer Yeah, are together? we not good? Are we yeah. not good? Is it, we're taking a should break? I read into should I be reading into this? No, 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 no. We'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. We well, still Tony. You. Tony said we might do it by the end of this weekend. Well, here it is, or certainly, you know, by the end of the week. I mean, I, I don't. You know, it, to me, it's all hands on deck. You got to absolutely. Know, I, there's no there's no time to rest anybody unless no. they're really hurt. And if they're really hurt, put them on the IL. So yeah. we're talking about the leadoff spot. This is not only spelling Tim and or yeah TA's rest day it might be spelling disaster, and this may be spelling disaster because just like the day he put Yasmani Grandal in the leadoff oh, spot, true. guess who he's trying to jumpstart now with probably the most important uh, at bat in the lineup, Yuan Mankata. Now, mm-hmm. if this works, he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. If this does not work. His batting average remains bad. And with these questionable decisions, let's face it, this year, Tony's batting average is not good. If if it was, we wouldn't be picking this stuff out, right? Look, I, 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 you got to keep putting Mankata out there and hope that the, he lights a fire. MLB.com has a list today. You do, but set. you don't have to lead him off. Well, that's my point. I mean, you you, you got to have him part of this thing, and he's really got to start contributing. It's too much money not to have him part of this thing. Well, yeah, well you're not going anywhere if if he is in a, in a group of four or five. I mean, Abreu can't do it by himself. Um, but to lead him off, I mean, it's just uh, it's, it's a head scratcher at the least, and it makes you you know it, you get going adjectives on, on the lineup. Today. But if anything, it it does show you that Tony is in charge because this is the kind of thing, the quirkiness that Tony La Russa brings to this job of being a manager. So you've got Johan at third base leading off, Andrew mm-hmm. Vaughn at first base. Why doesn't he lead off? Luis Roberts, center field, he's batting third. Jose Abreu, DH. Gavin Sheets, who has uh, turned into the left-handed bat we've we've uh, needed in recent games. It, it's, How about it's giving him the, the green light on 3-0 yesterday, too? And, and that was and, impressive. Yeah, and then he took full advantage. See you, you know, bye-bye. So, um, yeah, that was... Um, that was nice to see, absolutely. And, and it hasn't always worked out that way. Eloy Jimenez in left field. Then you've got Leori at short. Josh Harrison at second. Reese McGuire is catching. Zavala gets the day off. I guess he's been playing too well, so he's deserved the day <laughs> off. Maybe that's maybe that's the uh, rule of thumb here. If you play real good for me, you get I'll get off. you a day off. And you'll get ice cream. <laughs> right. Well, but not until after place. the game. That's right. And that's whether we li- lose or win. No, we only went when we won. We didn't get to go after losses. There were no, no, no. Well, I'm saying, us. I'm saying, but the world is a different place these I, days, Brian. Boy, is it! I was just asking Have Jay Cantor. I was asking Jay Cantor, our, our great young producer, and I say young because I just heard like ten minutes on the network about Wimbledon, and I was thinking to myself, is that even a thing anymore? I mean, were you ever a tennis guy? Did you play tennis growing up? See when. When I was growing up, people, kids my age actually were in tennis camps and you went to the park district and you, mm-hmm. you everyone had a racket, whether you're good or bad or pursued it after. I had a racket. Team. I was like throwing dice. Oh, you mean a yeah. racket? Okay. <laughs> I, All right, I never was mind. hustling over at yeah. the park. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, it, it just it was. Uh, I mean, does anyone wake up and have breakfast at Wimbledon and and you know strawberries and cream and all that crap? I, I don't. Uh, I don't get the whole. Yeah, Wimbledon. I'm not sure. I, I yeah, I don't know how much a thing it is. If you're asking, if I played tennis, I played recreationally. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, Jake it, said he's never played tennis. He played ping pong occasionally. Ping pong, um, and that's it. Same damn yeah. thing. But me, sport, I mean, kind of sort of. It's a generational thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, back in the day. People did watch the Grand Slam tournaments and right. John McEnroe screaming at a. At hey, when's the last time you've watched it? I, forever. I mean, 30 years? I, I don't know. Maybe 40. You know, I it's one know. of those things that if I catch it on TV and I'm not purpose, purposefully looking for something else, like I'm not you know, trying to find something and I just run. If I happen upon it and there's nothing else going on, I might watch it for a little bit because I do enjoy it as a sport. Is it a destination watch? Not at all. Well, Jake said he happened on, what, Tuesday? Jake? At Tuesday or something, but I, I turned it on for two minutes just because nothing was on. Right. Middle of the day. Right. Turned right. it off. Two minutes later. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Okay. And I, I'm not going to lie, I get intimidated by the names. I don't know oh, yeah. what is what and who is yeah. who, so it's it's yeah, scary I mean, for me to look at it, sometimes. It's Joker scary that for you. That's very interesting. Are you sitting on the couch trying to say their name, and if you can't, you have to turn it off? Yeah, that's it's that's kind of. I can't of do a, it. I can't can do it. Rule of thumb for me. Yeah, Djokovic is playing is against somebody else this morning. I don't know who it is, but I mean, and, and I barely know Djokovic. You I know, mean, and, but, and that name, you know, to me, it's like, isn't that a basketball player? I get him. Yes. Yeah. When it, when yeah. you get the, uh, I mean, I might be mispronouncing it too, but I don't really care. So right, he, he, I do remember that he was the one that was uh, unvaccinated. Yeah, the uh, vax battle, Australia. Right? Yeah, they, right. they wouldn't let him in, and he thought, "Well, I'm, I'm special," and they said, "You're not that special. You're not that special, pal." Yeah. yeah. All right, we've got a hit break. Jesse Rogers coming up at ten thirty. Taking your calls three one two three three two three seven seven six. I want to bring up something I, I said about Soft Tony. We're going to call him Soft Tony when he gives people a day off and ice cream when they do really well. There's something that I heard yesterday that uh, on the pregame here on ESPN 1000 that I want to bring up that uh, might kind of play into what we were saying yesterday, that people have to be held accountable. Now, after a day where we beat the team 8-zip, even though they're the Tigers, they're playing a little better than they have oh, been. Oh, they were the red-hot Tigers. They had one They were. Yeah, we cooled them off. So it's something worth bringing up, and I, I want to take your phone calls, and uh, we'll also have Twitter polls to open up as well. 312-332-3776. Hanley and Xander on a Sunday morning on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. He's a pitching artist. Throws one by you, gets you out in front. It's this corner, that corner, that one, that one. And all from a <clears throat> delivery that hides the ball well. And he, he very rarely misses over the plate. Talented. Great command. Got a great arsenal, and he's smart. I wish he'd been here since opening day. TLR with a big old smile on his face yesterday in the post game from NBC Sports Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Mark Zander. You can reach us on Twitter. Xander Rocker, all one word, one R in the middle. And you are... At Brian Hanley five three five three four. That's the number. I'm. I'm always. Uh, what's is that number have any significance? Yeah, it's uh, the address then uh, that uh, my mom and dad raised nine kids at. And we oh, used, five three four. Oh, that's cool. We used to refer to it, uh, and we still do as five thirty four. You know, the house has been sold since my folks have been gone. But mm-hmm. yeah, so the old five thirty four. Sounds like you're in a union. <laughs> 
Why? Local 534. I was in the Chicago Newspaper Guild. We didn't have any numbers after that, though. Right, right. It's the Hanley Union. Yeah. Local 534. All right, so uh, we heard that audio from TLR in the post game for uh, Johnny Cueto. Uh, magnificent performance. And this led me to uh, this poll that we put up at ESPN 1000. Take your phone calls to it, 312-332-3776. Considering all things, and I'll have a stat for you in a moment, but considering all things, Brian, durability, leadership, performance, where does Johnny Cueto, the guy that we signed to a minor league deal, and he had to prove it to come up to the bigs to sub for Lance Lynn, who started off the season hurt. Where does Johnny Cueto rank today in the Sox starting rotation? I took first off the table, but second, third, fourth, or fifth. He came in as the fifth starter. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody would argue yeah. with that. No, I mean, you heard Tony say, wish he was here for the entire right? season. He, he didn't I think join we all until do. May. Yeah, I, mean, I he think, signed in April. I think we all do. And here's a stat that I want to share and uh, let this uh, colorize your input or not. But according to uh, a graphic I saw yesterday on the post game, Johnny Cueto has started 10 games, okay? And he has eight quality starts. As compared to Dylan Cease, who may be an all-star based on his stats, he's started 17 games, has six quality starts. Giolito, 15 games, six quality starts. Kopech, 15 games, five quality starts. And Lance Lynn, five games, one quality start. The man just got back from the IL. The next time he pitches, I think that it will be his third start since he's been back. So pretty dominant. So where would you rank him? on the current White Sox starting rotation. He's been really important, and I know his record doesn't show it, but you see that quality starts number. That's pretty impressive, right? Yeah, I mean, and Tony did say they, they were commenting, Cueto uh, specifically, but also some other guys in that starting rotation do have losing records, like Johnny Cueto's three and four. That, that doesn't tell the story. No, it not doesn't. by a long shot. Right. So to, to follow up on those quality starts, he has allowed three runs or fewer in nine of his ten starts. Now think about that. I know. Uh, I, I mean, think about if the offense would have showed up for him, how much better exactly, our record would have been. Exactly right. And so you needed him to stop the bullpen bleeding. You didn't want to see Joe Kelly again yesterday. He's got a two nine one ERA. Again, he's thirty six. He's in a four four point two million dollars. So. Um, all those things that I call you that a bargain, the best. Yeah, I mean, you put add that to the list of availability, and I mean, he stepped up when Kopech felt the thing in his knee, and he came right out and pitched five innings in a moment's notice. Right, right. He's been everything you could have hoped for him, or from him, and so uh, it, it's. I mean, he's been he's been really, really good and really, really consistent. And when I, I saw that after his starts, he runs the stadium steps again, thirty six, which is young. By most people's standards, in baseball, not so young. Nope. And uh, you know, I remember the first time they opened up the old cell, now guaranteed rate. And Terry Bors and I walked up to the top row the first night, mm-hmm. and I was holding on to the damn handrail. It was so steep. Well, and they, yeah, and they had fixed it since then, yeah, but yeah, I they re- cut out like ten rows. Right, right. I saw the stones from the very, very top of the third deck behind home plate when they were playing center field. Oh, for love of God, I had box seats. Come on, you could have done better than that. Eh, you know what? At, at that point, I don't remember why I didn't. I was working at the Loop. I'm going to have to file a grievance somewhere. Seriously, I mean, and that I don't know we, what we, happened. I can't remember what happened. Why was I up there? 
I mean, really, radio station, were they giving away those crappy seats? I, I, I really, I honestly, it's been 20 years. I don't remember. But That was the only time we talked about it. It was the only time I saw the Stones. I think same thing for you, right? Yeah, it yeah, was, in the, and that show. And, and I'm a huge Chrissy Hind and Pretenders fan, and yeah, they opened. Yeah. And she was, uh, she was about the size... Uh, you know, I'm holding my finger like two inches tall. That's how far away she was. Well, because you were I, right, so, right. I don't know what happened. Uh, you you were in Blue Island, or I mean, I yeah, comparatively but, speaking. But I mean, I here's so. Marcus Stroman today before the game running those steps. I assume he's running the upper deck. Um, but God bless him. I mean, that's you mean you mean uh, you mean Quato? I'm not, yeah, Quato. No, I was going to say Mark. Stroman's doing it now too. Boy, it's no, catchy. No, he, he, you know, he he didn't go eight innings. He went fifty nine pitches, which you know was a good start uh, against that. Yeah, you, you know, and Quito goes foul pole to foul pole. Yes, that's insane. Well, and, and you talked, and, and you, you know, talked to uh, Tony talked about being an artist and all that. And you mm-hmm. talked about he doesn't overwhelm you with speed. Of his hundred and one pitches yesterday, here's the breakdown: uh, twenty seven changeups, twenty seven fast cut, uh, twenty seven cut fastballs. 26 sinkers and um, 12 four-seamers and nine sliders. I mean... That's mixing it up. That's more so than anybody else does on the staff. uh, Unbelievable. He gave you everything. I mean, he gave you... Here, here, you okay, you you haven't seen a slider? Here's one just for for fun. You know what, Brian? Uh, You know, this this poll that mentions durability, leadership and performance. Yeah. He has led the team in innings pitch for a start. Easily, yes, right? Yes. And yeah. how 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 does the rest of the team see that? Is Ethan Katz tapping into that and saying, Johnny's pitching smart. This is the way, like, I, there's so many egos, and I don't know how much you could do in, in, in this day, this soft age of uh, coddling everybody. But, you know, to, to look at Johnny and say, there is an example of how you work deep in the game, and we have to get there. Lucas, we have to get there, Dylan. We have to get there, Michael. We have to get to the seventh inning. I know Tony says six. Let's shoot for seven. Let's be smart. Well, Tony mentioned that Ethan Katz and and Johnny Cueto were together in in San Francisco in 2020. And that was a big part why that all hooked up. Right. And and maybe, you know, he said, you know, they're honest with each other, so they he, they can you know Ethan maybe can push him harder well, than Ethan, he would push hey, Ethan us. came up with uh, Lucas Giolito, weren't wasn't he his high school or college Hills, coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, so it uh, it would be nice to see that rub off on some of the other starters where where it's not about overpowering, it's not about getting too cute. The fielders were busy yesterday, and that's okay. And there was another point that somebody brought up. Maybe it was uh, Pesednik on the postgame, right? He said the fielders are engaged because Johnny works quick. Yep. And the field, and I never, ever considered the possibility. Like when my son played soccer, he was the one chasing the ball, but not too close and chasing butterflies and such when he was four years old, right? Because it's an attention span thing when kids are small. But when you're a pro, you would think that your attention span would be able to handle no, some no. downtime in the field but when well there's, there's downtime. said that it made a lot of it made a lot of sense well there's downtime and then there are certain pictures i mean steve steve Traxel was called the human rain delay for the amount of time <laughs> right, he took right. between pitches right right i mean mark burley was so damn good because and he was he, uh, he was quick yeah. he caught the ball he threw the ball he caught the ball he threw the ball there was he, there was no Walking around the mound and scratching himself, and you know, right. hey, you know what, rubbing what's up the ball every yeah, no. between every pitch, right? 
No, right. and be, because guys do get on their heels in the in the infield, and you know guys do start looking right. at the tenth row of the box, and, and you don't really and, consider that because they're pro. But that does help, and in the fact that absolutely. if we get a pitch clock. Or when we get a pitch clock, it will be interesting to see if this positively affects the game. I've got to mention this. Jay Kuda on Twitter. Uh, this courtesy of him. He's a good follow. Kuda as in like Barracuda. C-U-D-A. Last 36-plus-year-old White Sox pitcher to go eight-plus scoreless innings with no walks was... Do you have any idea? I'll give you the year, Brian. 1989. Can you name the pitcher? No. Jerry Royce. Jerry Royce. Wow. Who was at the end of his career at that point, yeah. if I believe. Right. It was one of those things where it's like, you know, Chicago teams seem to do this. The Hawks used to do this all the time. It's like, oh, you're about to walk out the retirement door? Let me oh, yeah. grab you for one more year. Yeah, here's the ghost of Bobby Paul Orr. Coffey. Um, yeah, Paul Coffey. Yeah, Paul Coffey. And, and, hey, Doug Gilmore. John no, we'll Tonelli. All, you know, all these oh, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, here's Bobby Orr on one leg. I mean, you know, whatever. Hey, still, yeah, that, still to have uh, number four Hawks jersey with ore on the back, that ain't bad. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it's a trivia question, if nothing else. But, yeah, I mean, God bless Johnny Cueto, and, and affordability is on that list, too, because he's costing you nothing. And, like I said, if you do get to, to the point where August 2nd and, and these next nine games doesn't, you know, does, doesn't turn out a lot better than the first Six or so of this right. one. Of the, I, I look, anything's day. possible, but your timing was horrific yesterday. I'm trying I, to enjoy I, I, a win. I harshed your mellow. Yes, you did. I think I yeah. said, shush yourself. You did, you did. Which I think I translated to shut the bleep up. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm trying to talk the uh, Tony soft touch. Before we hit the break and then we come back and talk to Jesse Rogers, here's what I want to bring up that I heard on the... Um, Pre-game, Len Casper talks to Tony LaRussa on the pre-game on the radio side on ESPN 1000 right here every game. And Len asked him a question, how do you talk to the guys when you need to discuss? And now we've been saying, is he a softer version of himself? He used to be kind of a guy that will hold people accountable and such and maybe even do it in the media like he did with your mean Mercedes last year. Um, but he, Tony said... I gently approach, and I'm paraphrasing, I gently approach them in the field and talk about what we have to talk about. Calling them to the office is too intimidating and too official. And I heard that and I thought, there is the indication that he has adjusted to today's game, but wow. perhaps has he over-adjusted to today's game. For me, you being always, an old-timer, if it's time oh. to bring somebody into the office, it's like, we're all grown up here. I don't care if you're intimidated. I need to talk to you. Come here. Well, there, Stop it, it, with it, the undisciplined approach at the plate, whatever it you is. Bring, you, I mean, you bring them into your turf to re, you reinforce what you're – I mean, now it's not just, hey, you know, bud – like to get a little more out of you, you could go two well, that, three well, that, But that's what's happening. He's approaching right. them in the field while yeah. they're working, yeah. slapping yeah. them on the back and delivering a message that maybe doesn't have the pointedness it needs to. I mean, in a business, when you're called into your supervisor's office and the door shuts, it's usually not to tell you what a great job you're doing, you know? Right, right. And why why is that a thing now? I have no idea. Again, maybe Tony has over-adjusted to today's game, but I don't think that that's necessarily a good thing. And that was enough of an indication to show that it isn't exactly the way we feel like it should be, you know, calling calling people in and saying, what's with the undisciplined oh, approach okay. at the plate? And, and if they have to do that every day, I would rather have, me personally, I would rather have players a little you know, let's say butthurt because they have been, 
yeah, yeah, you talk to in the office, if that revs them up, that's fine. They're all professionals here. Well, and, and Frank Thomas said again after the Thursday night game that he'd like to see more players engaged with other players and challenging and meeting. Yes. You know, hey, we can't have you, but you know, unfortunately, every player on that roster has taken time has been on the list of uh, mental gaff or base running gaff. Or, yeah, even Jose know. Abreu, and, yeah, and and that just happened yeah. the other day, and right. he would be the first one to admit that that was just a you know a bad play, and it happens. Yeah, but, but I mean, not Frank as much said as that guys, you know, much. whether the manager's calling you in the office, and it's a great point you you make, and, and Len asked about because that that's not old school. There are times when you have to bring somebody in and, and let them, you know, know, hey, you know, we need a lot more out of you. Yeah, I agree with it. you. When I heard that from Tony, it was like, oh boy, yeah. man, that that speaks volumes right there. We've got a hit break. Jesse Rogers is on the other side. We'll talk uh, both north side and south side. Uh, he's writing something up for ESPN 1000 on the White Sox. We'll dive into that and take your calls at 312-332-3776. Hanley and Xander, on ESPN 1000, we'll be right back. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Welcome in. Brian Hanley, Mark Zander, ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers of ESPN.com and ESPN 1000 joins us right now talking baseball. Hey, buddy, how are hey, you guys. today? Good. Good morning. Beautiful day for baseball. Beautiful Let's day for baseball. Too. And it was a nice day on the south side, was it not, for an old guy like Johnny Cueto? It was. Oh, man, what a pickup. I mean, this this happens in in, in every organization. You, you, you pick up a guy you didn't expect to do well. You sign a guy like Joe Kelly to, to do well, and he doesn't. And he doesn't. I mean, you know, we could go back and forth on, on Rick Hahn's good and bad moves. I think you, you, you have to always look at everything from 30,000 feet to assess. And there's certainly... I think more criticism than praise that will go the White Sox way so far for obvious reasons. But at least Cueto is a success story, a great success story. Well, he stopped them. They, they could have been five under a season, worse five under 500 had they lost that game yesterday. And he set the tone and they got some key hitting too. Um, but we were talking about this yesterday, Jess, that they had a 19.5% probability being a postseason team yesterday. If you looked at baseballreference.com. Now, that's all algorithms and, and whatever, projections. But if you're Rick Hahn and you're sitting here in the midst of what we all believed it was going to be a season-defining stretch, um, do you buy into that? Does that help shape what direction you're going to go in as you get closer to the August uh, 2nd trade deadline? You know, I've been to answer this question this way. It, it doesn't really matter because he's going to be buying. I mean, that's it. I mean, I, unless something crazy happens over the next week, which – it probably won't because they've been like within four games of 500 below or a couple above for months now. Right. I, guess. That's I think correct. literally since April 21st, when they sort of went, you know, came back to 500. Remember, they had that good start. They come back to 500. I think since then, they've been within four games. So I think the answer is he's buying. He pretty much has indicated that. And yeah. to me, he, he doesn't have to do a lot. It, the, the solution isn't in the trades. That that's going to help. The, the solution has to come from within. Their best players have to be their best players. He needs to augment one thing, in my opinion, because he can't augment the other thing they need. He needs to augment the bullpen. There's no doubt about it. Like I mentioned, Joe Kelly, underwhelming. That it, it, It's not just underwhelming. They're going to use these guys a lot if they're going to get back in it because more than likely they're going to be in a lot of close games. They're going to be in a lot of high-leverage situations. They don't have a 10-game lead 
kind of like they had last year. They need to augment. Um, Bummer's been out a long time. They need to augment both from the left and right side. And that's not hard to do. You can find the arms. Now you have to find the right arms, right? They right. found a great arm last year, and it didn't work out. So you got to find the right arms. The other area I don't think they can improve that much is, is, is the left side of the batter's box. They tried that with Cesar Hernandez last year. You know, maybe they could get Ian Happ. Maybe they can get um, – someone else of that nature. I don't think they can get Benintendi. But we, we know this team is based on their starting pitching and their dominant right-handed hitting. Those two things have to be better in the second half. So he's buying, but I don't think he's buying, like, you know, the best player out there because, frankly, they don't need the best. They don't need Luis Castillo. They just need their five starters to be really uh, what they can be, and I think this team could get back in it. Jesse, that brings me to this point. I'm watching the game yesterday, seeing the dominant performance, seeing the offense show up, right, behind Johnny Cueto. And I think, what is different from today than the previous two days versus the Tigers starters? Were they that much better? This is the thing that's driving Sox fans nuts. The showing up and the not showing up. The inconsistency. We took calls yesterday. Oh, they don't have the talent. Uh, Rick Hahn has oversold this team. They don't have the talent. They have the talent if they show up one day and they don't. Now I, uh, yeah, on another day. Now I know it's the Tigers, but we've also hit Verlander. So we have the talent. What is the difference between one day versus another in your eyes? Well, let's not get too caught up in that. Bad teams beat good pitchers all the time. Good pitchers. Uh, you know what I mean. You know yeah. how it works in baseball. It could happen any day, any week. But this is why the beauty. This is, and I'm writing about this. This is the beauty of 162, and even just 81 games. You learn about your team, um, and what we've learned is, in my opinion, they're a flawed team offensively. They've been figured out a little bit now that it's three years running with the same group. Granted, not a healthy group as well. They're flawed. Um, they're, they're, they're susceptible to really good right-handed pitching. We saw that in the playoffs last year. Teams mimic how teams you know, fail in the playoffs. They'll, they'll attack you the same way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of the inconsistency. The strength, the real strength of this team is in that starting staff, especially with Johnny Cueto. And they really haven't – they certainly haven't overachieved. And they really haven't played up to, to uh, their abilities as well. So, so oh, Right, right. They I, I have that, not that, done those that. Those are the answers. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little bit of everything. They were never a great defensive team. And, and they've probably um, uh, played under some pressure on the bases and at the plate chasing. So, Xander, the answer, it's a little bit of everything. And that's why you have a 500-ish team. Right. And the chasing thing, and, and just talking about the offense, we know the defensive challenges. But the, the offense showing up one day and not the other day, you know, the chasing and plate discipline has a lot to do with that. Would you not agree? Absolutely. I'm I, very shocked the last few days to see Abreu um, extend the zone, to see Vaughn pinch hitting extend the zone. Luis, Ro- Luis Robert has extended the zone all year. Right. Um, walks are way down. Uh, Mankata in and out of the lineup doesn't help because he's one guy that will draw a walk. So I asked Lewis just yesterday about the chasing, and he really, you know, it's not a great answer. And, you know, the answer normally is they're pressing. Right. Uh, making mm-hmm. uh, trying to get that extra base or overrunning a base like Anderson did the other day. That feels like you're playing under duress a little bit under pressure. And that's the manager's job to reduce that stress. Mm-hmm. And I kind of ironically, I'm writing a story for Tuesday and it's kind of ironic in a sense that La Russa takes up so much of people's energy and time and blame that it should um, free up the players to play a little bit looser. Nobody really rips Tim Anderson or no. any of these guys for making the outs and the bases. We ripped the manager. And Tony is okay with that. 
if it could have a positive effect on his players. But so far, it hasn't. They continue to make the same kind of mistakes. Well, two points to that uh, inconsistent offense. And Mark Gonzalez wrote about it today, the Fangraphs stat, 39.5% uh, rate of swinging at pitches outside the uh, zone. And that's tops in the major league, or in the yep. American league, rather. And and I said it, I was talking about it last week. Uh, last weekend, there were only three teams had fewer home runs than the White Sox did. And going into yesterday's game, they were having a home run every 43 at bats. And I think at home, it wasn't two to one ratio opponents to, uh, to the White Sox out hit, you know, hitting home runs, but it was 50 to something to 31 or two. And that's why you have a losing record at home. And you look, the, the game they won before yesterday on this homestand, they had three home runs. Yesterday, the Gavin Sheets home run sets a tone and gives Johnny Cueto a lot of breathing room right off the bat. So the power isn't nearly uh, there consistently enough, and that has to get a lot better. And I'm not sure that it can, Brian. And this is the thing that I've gone back to for three years now. When you are so right-handed dominant and there are so many righties on the mound that you face and teams start to understand your lineup and start to understand your weakness, this is why the numbers show up the way they do. They have faced the least amount of left-handed starters in baseball, them and the Blue Jays, who, not coincidentally, also are very right-handed. Teams have figured these teams out. I don't know why I picked the Blue Jays to win the World Series, just like I don't know why my partner Jeff Passan picked the White Sox. They are both fatally flawed on offense. They are not balanced enough. The reason their home run numbers are so down is they don't have as many dangerous lefties as you'd want. Gavin Sheets has six of their 12, just 12 home runs from the left side of the plate. The only team worse, the Toronto Blue Jays. They have 11. And good right-handed pitching or even sometimes mediocre right-handed pitching can reduce the slug from your righties. The slug has to come from your lefties. I am in an unbelievable broken record on this topic, but everybody keeps asking me about it, and this are the specific reasons their numbers have come down. They're starting to get figured out, and they're too right-handed, and you face too many righties. Well, and that all of that makes a lot of sense, Jesse, because uh, it, it is maddening from one game to another, but as you pointed out, they figured them out, the right-handed challenges. Does an Ian Happ, if, if that is attainable, does that uh, give any kind of bump up to uh, what we're dealing with on the south side? Would a, would a acquisition like that help tremendously? It doesn't if seem you, like it. If you move him to second base, the answer is yes. Because Ian Happ can slug better than any second baseman you can put out there. Having said that, Josh Harrison's been pretty good, yeah. but from the right side. Mm. He's not going to run into many home runs, right? But Ian Happ will from the left side, and he's better as a right-handed hitter these days. So Ian Happ in your outfield doesn't do much for me. Ian Happ on the White Sox at second base does a lot more for me. But I'm not saying he's necessarily the answer. The answer was last year picking up Schwarber at the deadline or Jock Peterson at the deadline. Um, there's less of those lefties available this time around. Ben and Dendy probably the best one, but no true left-handed slugger. They don't grow on trees. They don't become well, available that often. And being be attendee, uh, last week I was looking at his stats, 81 or 82% of his hits are singles. Um yeah, uh, you so know. he's not the true slugger either. Right, right. And before we let you go, Mark uh, Zander asked me a question I couldn't answer yesterday, uh, one of many. Um, <laughs> uh, Kenny Williams, wow. mm-hmm. do you see him around the ballpark? How active yeah. is he? I mean, does, is What he... is his role yeah. exactly uh, okay. from day so to day? Jerry Reinsdorf described um, Kenny as the idea guy. 
And Rick Kahn is sort of the execution guy, meaning, you know, he executes the big ideas that Kenny has. But the bottom line is Ken, uh, uh, Rick is the face of it all, but they work in tandem. They went into a room last year and, dis- and came out of it deciding Craig Kimbrell was the guy they wanted. The Whoops. same thing in the offseason. They work hand in hand, but Rick is kind of the face of it all. Kenny is kind of the big idea guy. But ultimately, ultimately, it's Rick's job to pull the trigger on whatever he needs to do. Do you think Jed Hoyer, uh, because of the the way the Cubs have lost these trades with the White Sox, would rather find some other landing spot for Ian Happ or Wilson Contreras or David Robertson? Or I mean, the Cubs are, are on the losing ledger of, of the last few years. Yeah, but wouldn't it White be Sox? about getting the right players and if the Sox had the right return for that? Wouldn't that be more important? Well, I mean, if Madrigal was healthy, I'm not saying he's great, but look, Kimbrell did nothing. I mean, I'm not sure the White Sox, the Cubs lost all these trades. Uh, they knew they were going to lose the Eloy Cease trade. I mean, they in the long term. Quintana was a show. anyway. So I don't, I don't. The farm, the, the Sox farm system isn't as great. They took Cody Hoyer from him. You know, it, the, so that might be an issue more than anything. The bottom line is, Jed will trade with anybody if he thinks it's the right, the best right deal. He's not going to be gun shy because of this deal or that deal. So um, I, I just don't know. I, I think more than likely, Han is focused on the bullpen. Uh, I'm not saying Josh Harrison's resurgence changes everything. If he can find that lefty bat, I think he'd take him. But it's back to what I said. If their righties can somehow um, hit righties, but more importantly, that starting rotation just go off in the second half, that's their best shot to win. And then you just got to augment a few arms in the bullpen because you can't have Kendall Graven pitching every day. Joe Kelly hasn't been good enough. And, and Kelly has to actually start performing as uh, as advertised. Before I let you go, real yeah. quick, Juan Moncada leading off today, playing third base, lead off in the lineup for the White Sox. Does that work out positively for Tony or not? Well, I haven't seen the lineup, so I assume Tim Anderson's not playing. Right. Because, okay. Because they have to fit Leori in somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see that. So Tim, a day off, I get it. You know, he with the groin and everything, they're going to do that. I, I mean, when Tim's not playing... I don't care. Mokata is your best chance to get a leadoff walk, so it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me so much. It's better than Garcia, right? I'm not the biggest, <laughs> yes, I'm not the biggest Mankata fan, but it, at his best, he can draw a walk or maybe you know get an extra base hit. So if Tim's not in there, you're, it's a huge drop off no, no matter what. So I'm not going to complain about that. If Tim was in the lineup, different story. He has to be leading off, obviously. Yeah, makes sense. Jesse Rogers, thank you for joining us and giving us the insight. And uh, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. You Thanks, Jess. Have a good Sunday. See you. ESPN 1000, that was Jesse Rogers making some very good points on why the Sox are just not bringing it day in and day out. Just for just on the surface, Brian, the eight zip win one day and then the next two ga- days not Winning or even coming close is just maddening. But he had a lot of good points to make. Yeah, and it, he unfortunately didn't say it's an easy fix. I mean, no. it, there's not a lot out there. To, but he did say, and I wasn't sure about this, that Rick Hahn's going to be buying no matter. Now, how aggressively, but it, that he doesn't believe there's a scenario where they just you know cash in the chips. Well, you said say, unless, unless something really, really terrible goes wrong. But I think uh, if nothing else, they've been uh, running consistent in, in yeah. running in place. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. Back after this, it's Hanley and Xander on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. 
feed off today. Um, you know, offensively we were we were terrific today, and and Cueto was was unbelievable. You know, that was huge for us. He, he set the tone right from the beginning, and you know, threw long into the game, eight innings, saved our bullpen, and um, you know, he set the tone definitely today. Gavin Sheets post game yesterday from NBC Sports Chicago on what they have to do to spring string together some wins, Brian. And and uh, you know what? I I found some audio of Tony about forty years ago. The next time I have to come in here, I'm cracking skulls. That was then. This is now. Now he gives everybody a back rub and says, "Hey, you know, if you wouldn't mind, if you could be a little more judicious at the plate, I'd really, really appreciate." it. You know, I remember when Tony was uh, the manager the first time around with the White Sox, and was at the ballpark that day. And I forget the guy's name. He was a stringer for AP. He actually was a funeral director. Um, <laughs> I'm not making this up. And um, Full-time funeral director, part-time stringer? Yeah. And he was covering the White Sox for AP. And he used to have a, a – we all had the mini tape recorders. You'd buy at Radio Shack <laughs> right. you know, back in the day, little mini cassettes. And with the cord and the little microphone you'd stick in everybody's face. Well, they would. the radio guys would have to do that. The, the newspaper guys didn't need all that. They just need the little mini cassette, and then you'd go back and transcribe. But he would wa- wave – he would, in a circular motion, wave his, his uh, little cassette, you know, and uh, recorder in people's faces while he was talking to them. But – I don't know what Tony was upset about, and he went off on the guy, and the guy said something like, be a man, and Tony started screaming, be a man, be a man, and he had to be restrained from going after the old funeral director. <laughs> That's I mean, the that, fire that we that need was, to see from Tony sometimes. That was unbelievable, and th- that became a, a punchline in the press box forever, be a man, be a man. Um, but yeah, that, that, that guy, you know, he, he looked like he'd seen a dead person. Um, is Tony was going to cut him after. All the color drains from his face. But Gavin Sheets, to, to um, Jesse's point, Gavin Sheets, God bless him with the 3-0 count and, and sends it over the wall yesterday, he has six home runs this year, all at home and all against right-handed pitching. Right, we need more of him. Yeah. And, and he has been consistent as of late. Now, remember, he hit a uh, rough patch and he was sent down to AAA. He came back and he said he has... A, uh, adjusted. He's having more fun. He's, you know, just doing the doing the things that have kind of reawakened his skills. Yeah. We know he yeah. has skills. We know he has a lot to offer. Sometimes it's a little tough in the field, but I think he's learning on the job. You know, uh, uh, you know, yeah, he's been that left-handed bat that we need. We just need more of them. And if Moncada starts showing up, he's a switch hitter. If he starts showing up as a lefty versus righty then that's a step in the right direction. Okay, He's- so so Yohan Mankata, uh, and we've been talking about with Jesse, um, MLB.com has a list of seven players who have to turn around in the second half for their team to, to you know hit the accelerator here. Unfortunately, two of the seven are White Sox players. So that's, I mean, and... Wait, is and- this league-wide or American League-wide? Uh, it's uh, MLB-wide, yeah. Oh, um, all of MLB, and two two of the seven out yes. of the whole league are on the White Sox. Oh. Out, of, out of, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it really doesn't matter if Jonathan India, uh, you know, the Reds aren't going anywhere, no matter if he does anything or not. Now, they put Lance Lynn on here, and they're not criticizing Lance because he's just back from injury, but it hasn't been smooth sailing since he's been back. 
uh, giving up five runs in three of his last four starts, ERA over five. But as they said, more like a guy getting his sea legs back than a guy who's lost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you expect Lance Lynn to start looking like Lance Lynn, but then immediately following him on the list is our guy, Yohan Mankata. Um, he's got to be better, and it's not getting his sea legs. It's getting without consistency. A doubt, yeah, a doubt. And, and, and this is a broken record. This is We've been talking about this every time he is not on the IL. We're looking for him to show up and show up consistently. Yeah, um, and look, I know he's had some injuries, but that's not been – the story of Yohan Mankata. Uh, the story of Yohan Mankata is th- this past week, I've noticed he's been going opposite uh, way with, the, you know, going with the pitch, doing mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You need to do more of that. Mm-hmm. And he needs to be a hell of a lot better. But and he's, and just, he's put the bat on the ball and, and yeah. he's hit it to people, but at least he's doing that. Now we have to take the next step. Right. So, you know, I, I, I you know, when you have two of the guys of the seven on you know, from the same team, and it happens to be our team in this town, that you know explains a, a part to a, why the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, are that that yeah that that hurts. And as you were talking about, it's like oh, they must be talking about every team. No, two of the seven throughout Major League Baseball. I'm not sure if that's worse than what you told me yesterday. By the way, did they update that uh, percentage of Sox making the playoffs after yesterday's win? I would I, imagine uh, it bounces around. I'll try to. Yeah, they lost five percentage points in one day on Friday. Right. Um, so hopefully 20, they gained at least more than that. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. Um, and, and we also have another Twitter poll. We'll keep talking lots of baseball. Yes. Lots of time for your calls. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Also want to get into Justin Fields and why you would you know why why you should have promise and hope that he's going to be appreciably better, uh, even if the team itself may not be, but. Uh, we we touched on the Blackhawks day Thursday where they traded Alex DeBrinket and Kirby Doc. And what does it say about the Blackhawks, Mark? First of all, where you trade your best player, uh, and, I mean, Patrick Kane's your best player, mm-hmm. your best available player at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And really, other than Hawks fans, no one gave a damn in the city, right? I mean, you just sent a 24-year-old 40-goal scorer to Ottawa and unless you're a season ticket holder or paying attention to you know what the rebuild the, the start of the rebuild, it really says something about where the Hawks are back on the sports uh, radar in this town. Right. Yeah. You know, winning three titles in a decade made them the preeminent team and for a while quickly- there, and it was a quick fall. But uh, you know, underperformance and all the drama, I would imagine, added to all of that. But uh, one of our Twitter poll questions, uh, along with the Johnny Quato question, is. Um, Will Patrick Kane and or Jonathan Taves wave, you know, ask for a trade? Because now that DeBrinket's gone, Patrick Kane pretty much hinted that if he's not here, he might have a change of heart. So you, uh, you can go ahead and vote on our Twitter poll. Kane will, Taves will, both will, or neither slash one will request a trade because you would think after the uh, – they paid attention up there. So I don't know if you know, a lot of people in Chicago didn't, but you can believe that Patrick Kane was on the phone to Alex Dabrinkit as soon as that went down. And Dabrinkit said he talked to some of his teammates, didn't say who necessarily. I heard it was a tweet that just said, dude. Dude. <laughs> dude. What the hell? Dude. No, that would have been like if uh, my my vintage in the 80s. I don't think they talk like that anymore. <laughs> no. I, That's I, just me. Yeah, I'm with you. That's me, Spicoli. Hey, yo, Fast I, times. It, someone once said, if you are a certain age and you uh, didn't, enjoy the 80s you didn't do it right nope 
There's a lot I forgot, and I'm sure it was a good time. I just can't recall it. I'm with you. 312-332-3776. Back to talk. We'll talk Hawks. We'll talk baseball. We want you to jump in. 312-332-3776. Hanley and Xander on ESPN 1000. Back in two.